Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 145. Billy's back as England take on Ireland at HQ in the third of their World Cup warm-ups and both sides are fielding strong squads. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, another big weekend. Bigger, I would say. Um, and joining me once again, um, Billy is here with us uh, in place of Dan. Hi, Billy. Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, good, mate. Uh, good week. Got over the, the result of last weekend. Reasonably happy uh, still. Like, how, how are you feeling about this England side? Yeah, yeah. I'm still happy about the, the Not so much the result of the weekend, but I think the performance against Wales was fine. Um, and I think it is, you know, World Cup warm-up is a World Cup warm-up. So, yeah, still optimistic. Absolutely. I mean, look, there's been a lot of chat. There always, there's always going to be, um, you know, the, the English-Welsh rivalry is pretty huge. Um, a lot, a lot of Welsh, I'm guessing, armchair pundits, um, you know, talking up the fact that they're number one in the world, whilst uh, you know all of the uh, the hardcore England lot are going, well, hang on a second, <laughs> you played against the second string side and you won by a try, which the rules have now changed and by today's standards would have been disallowed. So. You know, can you be really that happy about that being the performance you put in to become the, the supposed number one team in the world and, in the words of Eddie Jones, the favourites to win the World Cup? I think the Welsh are just happy any time they beat us, to be honest. It's a World Cup final, isn't it? Every, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll let them have it. And when we actually uh, bring the trophy home, then they see what real winners look like. Yeah, we'll send them photos. <laughs> <laughs> um We've had a few, well, not not reviews, but um, I, I was reached out to by uh, Roger Grace on Twitter. Uh, he had a few interesting comments. So I thought I'd um, go through some of those and we can have a discussion about what we think. Uh, he starts off by saying, uh, I think in the, in the last episode, Dan and I were talking about Carl Sinclair, Dan Cole, and, and which way round would you have them in terms of starters, finishers, and, and so on. And, you know, I was kind of leaning towards, is Dan Cole a finisher? Um, he says... And you know, I completely understand what he's, he's, the point he's making is that um, you know Sinclair for him starts ahead of Cole because apart from anything else, he's more likely to facilitate a try than Dan Cole. So you know, if there's an overlap um, in the back line, Carl Sinclair will choose the right option and he'll execute it. Whereas Dan Cole is perhaps you know that's less certain. Um, is that is that a line of thinking that you'd agree with? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I just, I mean, Dan Cole, even if you can see see an opportunity in front of him I don't think he's he's got the attacking ability to to take it it's not whether his he can specialism. see it or not yeah he's not his specialist and you know we want him we want him in the tight doing a job um yeah I mean I would start Sinclair I just think he's the better player um regardless of anything I don't think he's a liability in the scrum and he, he's better he's better in the loose so I think it's and pretty, so on that basis obvious. yeah so and so on that basis and given that front rows typically do change at about the 60 minute mark do you feel that Dan Cole is the right man to come on and steady the ship? I mean, I guess it depends on the situation in the game, but I guess, yeah, if England are in a strong position and you want someone to come on and just provide a solid um, platform in in the scrum, then great, Dan Cole can come in. He can do that. He's a good scrummager. He's a good he's a good player. But if England are struggling in a game and you inevitably need to change your front row, and perhaps we'll start seeing that not being the case. But um, you know, what does Dan Cole offer in that last twenty minutes that's yeah, going to help change a game? No, he doesn't. Apart from sort of stability at the set piece, you know, at scrum time, he doesn't. He doesn't offer anything. If we're chasing a game, 
taking Sinclair off, who's a, who's a guy that can maybe make something happen in the loose mm. to bring Cole on. It kind of takes that away, but there's only so much you can do if you've got Sinks out on his feet after sort of 60 minutes. True, um, but 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 for you, you know, the 31 man squad aside, that they're the right. That's the right pairing, is it? To, to you know, and, and it just it is what it is, and and you hope for a situation where Dan Cole's coming on just to see out the the, the end of the game and, and keep you know keep us keep the, the scrum solid as opposed to having to come in and change things. Yeah, I don't think we've got anyone that that sort of resembles Sinks that can that can come off the bench and offer what he offers anyway. So I think you just go for the next best thing, which is the best man in yeah. the scrum. And you don't think, think Harry Williams Coley. would offer would offer something more? I mean, he probably offers a little bit more than Coley, but. I thought, sort of think it's you know a little bit Experience of give and take between and... the two of them. Yeah, I'd I'd rather have Coley. I'm happy with them too. Fair enough. Um, he then goes on to talk about um, uh, scrum half, and we, we were talk- I was asking him, you know, Hines, Youngs. By all accounts, well, not by all accounts. Watching Hines, it appears that he's the informed nine at the moment. You and I spoke last week, and we both said actually we felt Hines probably pit Youngs um, to that starting position. Uh, Rogers feelings are that you know the best of Young's is offers more than the best of Hines would you agree um, um I mean when's I know the last time we saw the best of Young's well this is true this is true and I, again he, he's got experience I don't think he's a game changer a little, little bit like that uh, Sinclair Cole debate mm. um but at the same time you know do you follow the same rule and sort of say well you want your best guys on there at the beginning to create that lead um and then if you bring on it you know when you bring if and when you bring youngs on it's more about steadying the ship or is that experience that youngs has um you know more valuable in an in a nine shirt yeah i think i think i probably like we discussed last week i think if you bring youngs in the 31 he has to start because he just doesn't offer much change off the bench whereas i think willie hines coming coming in you know with 20 minutes to go can offer a little bit a little bit more. Just inject a bit of something that might be missing. Yeah, almost Danny Care-ish. Yeah, well, I think that's exactly that's exactly. It. I mean, it does beg the question: Would a would a Heinz starting with a Danny Care coming off the bench be more interesting? Oh, yeah, that's, but that's the dream. I it's, think again, it's irrelevant because he ain't in the thirty-one. But no. um, but yeah. So well, uh, neither, neither is Joe Marchant, and he's in the squad today. Uh, that's a good point. I do. Yeah, when you mention you, well, I say when you mention it, you weren't mentioned on the pod, but we were talking about it beforehand because yeah, of course. Um, uh, uh, Jonathan Joseph has been pulled out with a with a bit of a niggle, hasn't he? Yeah, but I think they, they didn't want to risk him. I, I think it was a hamstring, maybe. Um, so Marchant's in in replacement for him on the bench. So that's really interesting because, um, you know, I, I look. I, I was surprised to see two centres on the bench. Anyway, um, I feel like certainly we as the fans have got a pretty good idea of what that midfield is going to look like or, or what it could look like. Um, and I don't feel there's need to try out, you know, yet more combinations uh, there, you know, with the options that we've already got. And it just seems strange to me that you'd have, I mean, two, I guess, playmakers. What are you going to do? You're going to move Farrell to 10, take two Alagi off, and then have a double kind of, so you've kind of got three playmakers in a row in order to try something out. <sighs> Is this is this the game where he's going to get a bit weird and move George Ford to number nine? Oh, please no! Go Ford Farrell. Uh, what's he looking at? Ford Farrell, Francis, Francis, and, and now March. Oh, I guess Marchant's a bit more of a the crash ball man, but um, 
Yeah, it's an interesting well, I, one. I, think... I, I didn't really, I didn't really get it when I saw it, um, and I would have thought that you know, in a situation where JJ is no longer available because of because of a niggle, you go, all right, well, you know, we were we were thinking about something, but he's not available. We don't need to worry about that anymore. Give give somebody an opportunity. To, to try themselves out at fifteen, and this isn't this isn't just about you know the debate is Daily England's fullback or not because even if you absolutely a hundred percent you know are committed to him as your starting fullback, aren't these warm up games and everything we've been hearing about testing combinations for for eventualities where we, we need need someone else who can step up? We haven't seen anyone else in the fifteen shirt yet. No, um, which is something that's that's worrying me. In all honesty, I just don't. I mean, like I said last week, I just don't see Daly as an international 15. And I don't know why. I mean, Watson's not in the squad at all today. I don't know if he picked up a, a niggle against Wales or in training, but I haven't heard anything. No, well, I and haven't. Would... So I would have thought we'd have seen. I mean, I know that Watson's played as much as Daly in these warm-ups, so you could argue that, you know, they had to rest one of them. But yeah, I just I just feel like Daly, we've seen him in the 15 shirt for some time. We've seen him in the last two matches. Even if you want to keep him involved... Put him on the wing, but I, or, or at least have Watson on the bench with the opportunity to bring yeah. him on at some point and give him twenty minutes at fullback. Just, just change it up. Just see what's available. And you know, like you say, we discussed it last week. Um, I think you know, you and I both agree that Daly just doesn't look entirely comfortable at fifteen. You know, he is a great player, and I think you need him involved. And that left boot is pretty special. Um, he doesn't look entirely comfortable at 15 and it just worries me that we haven't seen an alternative option where we seem to be looking at you know alternative options everywhere else including George Ford at 9 I mean not we haven't seen that yet but it's been talked about um so yeah I'd like I'd like to see something else and just know what what options exist at the back yeah I just don't I don't understand why you 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 know like you say two go with two centers on the bench and then when one center drops down you replace him with another center you got Daly at 15, who can cover centre anyway. Sticker, if you put Watson on the bench, for instance, and you've got cover at wing and fullback, you've got no wingers or fullback on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know this isn't a test match. Uh, well, it is a test match, but it's not a, it's still a warm up game. So I understand that. And I'm sure that, you know, if this was the World Cup, you know, well, any game in the World Cup, you know, we'd be looking at this, you know, Eddie would be looking at the team in a different way. And I'm sure we would see that cover. Um, but it's just, yeah, I just, I guess I just I'm struggling to work out <clears throat> what it is that he wants to see, uh, and therefore why why the lineup is as it is. But I guess that is what uh, the game is going to show us. Well, at least hopefully that's what the game is going to show us. Um, anyway, uh, one last thing. So Roger also he was talking about um, about the backs again, and we were looking at nine, ten, twelve, thirteen. That kind of from the scrum through the midfield. And I think he, he was saying his first choice, uh, Heinz, Farrell, Tulagi, Slade, um, which gives you obviously control. It limits defensive frailty. Um, you've got a couple of strike runners in there. You've got creativity and a kicking option in Slade. Um, and the point he made, which I thought was interesting, is that New Zealand are probably not losing certainly nearly as much sleep over Farrell at 12 as they would, do, as they would be having Manu at 12. Um do you agree? Like, do you think Farrell should? Because I think didn't you say you preferred him at twelve? I preferred him at twelve because I wanted Cipriani at ten. Okay, so now now that's been ruled out. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Cipriani's on holiday in the Caribbean or something. So, um, do you, do you think um, Farrell is therefore the 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 starting ten for England? 
I think he has to be. I mean, I mean, I know he's he's playing twelve today, but if this is what Eddie wants to do going into the World Cup, having Ford at ten and Farrell at twelve, then why did we just spend a year having yeah. Farrell at ten? No, no, I I, I agree with you. I, I think Farrell is the ten. Uh, I think it's the right call. Um, I think today again, it's 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 about looking at a couple of combinations. It does mean that Manu moves out to thirteen. Do you think? Do you think we lose something from Manu by pushing him further wide? Or do you think that's? Um, I think I think in attack we don't. I think we we don't lose anything going forward. I'm just worried about seeing how he deals with with Gary Ringrose in defence today. Mm. Um, I think that's that's the thing I want to sort of take from from this game. I think if he puts in a, a a good performance at 13 and sort of locks up Gary Ringrose and and plays well, then I could see him starting 13 in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess my worry is just that we just spend we spend longer getting the ball out to him. <laughs> you know, we want that ball in his hands. You know, he's he's a strike runner. Um, mm. You know, he's not he's not there to to put little you know offloads and and you know although he can do it that we want him there to punch holes um, and just having him that little bit further out. Is it one of these where we're going to be watching the game going? Manu's not in this because the ball never gets that far. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if that's the case, you got options. You can to move always, him back in. yeah, you can move him back into twelve. Um, it's going to be interesting, I think, with obviously Jonathan Joseph and and Henry Slade. You know, you can only have two of them for them, them two positions. It'd be interesting to see which one misses out in the big games. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess as well. You know, one of them's going to get picked in in. Well, maybe maybe they'll both get used in the first couple of games. Yeah, maybe he'll use one in in the Tonga game and another in the in the USA game, which will which will tell us absolutely nothing about what he's likely to do. Yeah. Unless <laughs> unless obviously one has a shocker, um, but I think you know these are good problems to have, right? These are two quality players uh, that offer. I guess I guess yeah. In JJ, you, you you're getting your strike runner first and foremost. In Slade, you're getting a, a proper playmaker. Um, and it's 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 always typical when we watch England play, isn't it? The luck that we've seen Slate, uh, we've seen JJ a couple of times and gone, wow, he's looking great. We haven't seen him in a while. He's the man. But actually, you know, because Slade's been injured. But when we when we were last watching Slade in the thirteen shirt, everyone was talking about how he was becoming a world class player and he was the man. So I don't think it's necessarily the worst problem to have that that one of those two is going to uh, front up for England in the big games. I think there's two two you know quality thirteens there. So. We shall see. But uh, it'll be good to see Henry Slade, hopefully in the Italy game in a couple of weeks. Um, because obviously, yeah, he's been injured for a while, a bit like McConaughey, taking all those injuries yeah. for everyone. <laughs> Did you see uh, bookies were offering odds on him to never, ever play for England? I thought that was a little bit little bit harsh. Are they are they good odds? Um, I think they were 100 to 1 or something like that. They were, they were pretty good odds. Worth a quid. Yeah, uh, horrible for him to see, though. Oh yeah, no. Well, hopefully it's it's nothing to. I mean, this this is the thing, isn't it? We all speculate about what's going on in camp, and for all we know, he's absolutely fine. He is a bit of a niggle, and they're just like, well, there's no point in in risking it. But he knows 100 percent he's going to be okay because it's, you know, a bit of bruising, a bit of swelling, just needs yeah. needs it to come down, and uh, you know, in which case, all will be good. But yeah, I just I hope we get an opportunity to see something from him before the World Cup starts because. Um, oh. I've kind of decided that Eddie Eddie knows he's he's amazing. Doesn't want anyone to see him before the World Cup. He's just going to unleash him. I, would, I mean, like I, I would blacks. don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love that. We'll we'll all yeah. probably lose our shit about the fact that that we haven't <laughs> seen him and he gets selected in a big game. But if he then turns around and it turns out that he is some secret weapon, then you know 
all hail Eddie Jones. Yeah, it's going to be a Milner Scudder moment, I think. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, well, look, um, we, we should probably, we've kind of been talking about the game today, but let's, let's spend a bit more time and focus on it a bit, a bit more closely. Um, but before we do, and obviously it's a big game coming up, uh, I think it's probably time to get inspired with some of this. This is the one. It's coming back for Johnny Wilkinson. He drops for World Cup glory. It's up. It's over. He's done it. Johnny Wilkinson is England's hero yet again. And there's no time for Australia to come back. England have just won the World Cup. Love that. It's it's the perfect way to get ready for a, a bit of rugby on a Saturday. Um, just it just it it inspires me to to kind of understand why we are doing this and and you know the fact that England are you know obviously going to win this World Cup um, and, and there's just evidence of it you know how it happened once before. Yeah, that that moment brings back memories for me as a kid sitting in my grandparents' front room watching watching England win the World Cup. Okay, that's, depre- that, in love with- that's depressing that you're describing it as a kid. I was at uni getting really drunk. Oh no, I was a I was a child. I was a child. Uh, well, but it got me good times. So, well, that's what it's uh, all about. I mean, exactly. and that's what all these things, this World Cup, and and it's it's uh, it's it is great for the game. And and what do you t- speaking of? What's great for the game? Uh, any thoughts on on World Rugby's big announcement that they're changing the name of the Women's World Cup to the World Cup? Mate, I don't really care. Um, to be honest, is it, it is it not just a, a bit like if you like I'm all I'm all for you know trying to to uh, even the playing field and all whatever else, however else they want to go about it that's fine but surely you're better off if you really that feel that strongly about it just call it the men's World Cup and the women's World Cup. I, I mean, I don't see what the big deal. I enjoy I enjoy women's rugby. I enjoy enjoy watching watching the the Red Roses play. Hmm. Um, I don't see what what they're going to achieve. Are they going to hope that people that don't watch women's rugby assume that it's a men's World Cup and put it on and keep on watching it? I don't. I think that, I, don't I don't think it's that at all. I don't think it has any. I don't think it's intended to have any impact on the game itself, except to make it look like they're, you know, being more uh, inclusive. Um, and it's and it's nuts because it's you know I, I don't know many women who are into their rugby who feel strongly that this is a positive thing. It's it's taking away the identity of the women's game. You know, if you want to separate the two out, if you don't want it, you know, I, I understand that calling one the World Cup and then having a sort of caveat on the other one might seem unreasonable. But I think if that's the case, just call it the Men's World Cup and the Women's World Cup and let's get on with it. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense, I um, think. Anyway, sorry. Just, I did say we were going to talk about today's game, so I don't know why we <laughs> went off on a tangent there. And... and Speaking of tangents, uh, I trust you've been um, monitoring England's performance in the Ashes. Oh God, yes, that's ruined me week. <laughs> well, let's, it's not over yet. I mean, well, yeah, let's. let's they they, they broke for lunch, only needing three hundred and fifty uh, to win. Only back in the day, you know, that was a that was a very durable single inning score. Just yeah, have, so... haven't, haven't seen it for about twenty years, but. Well, no, we've got a mid-order batsman opening, so I'm not too confident. Um, I don't know. Let's we'll see what happens. He's due some um, runs. Yeah, I, 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 I would love this. is This is the this is the kind of game where you want to just. I mean, obviously, we want to win all of them, but there'd be something quite sweet. Uh, it's always sweet to beat the Aussies, but there'd be something quite sweet about getting one of our lowest scores in the last hundred years in the first innings, 
Australia, you know, batting reasonably well in their second innings, thinking it was all over, and then actually going and taking it to them and, and putting them to bed. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah. there, there are more important sporting events happening today. Yeah, that um, takes a back seat today. So yeah, we can we can catch up with that this evening. See how they got on. Um, so yeah, today's game: uh, England and Ireland both have been playing. You know, kind of, I guess trial sides, testing combinations. Um, Ireland, it was a bit easier. They were up against Italy. They put out a team of pretty much a second team, but like England did with Wales, absolutely mullered uh, the Italians. Today, England did the same with Wales in at Twickenham. Maybe not absolutely Mullard, but it was a comfortable victory with a second team. And then they went to I prefer, Cardiff. I and, prefer absolutely Mullard. Yeah, fair enough. I think we absolutely Mullard them. Given that it was a second team. Um, and then, and then of course, went to Cardiff. And OK, yeah, we lost. But again, it was a second team. We only lost by seven. It was seven points, which uh, you know would, wouldn't have been allowed by today's rules. Because <laughs> they just changed this week. Um that's irrelevant. I mean, I, I don't have an issue with the fact they did it in the game because there was nothing wrong with it. So it's smart. But and we well, said technic- at the time, te- technically, um, I was listening to another podcast, and Hugo Monier <gasps> said that he spoke to that spoke. One. To, I know, I know, blasphemy. But Hugo Monier said that he'd spoken to a couple of referees, and they said that it actually shouldn't have been allowed because um, of the HIA he wasn't off the wasn't off the field. Well, that's the rule that they've brought in, though, is that now any HIA-related replacements need to be completed before play can continue. So I wonder whether that was just sort of a... A lot of referees were like, you know, that's common sense, but it was never yeah. written down in the rules. And now it's been yeah. written down in the rules. Um, I mean, look, it's, it's not about being bitter, because as I say, if that wasn't a rule and the gap was there, it was smart thinking. And if it had been the other way around, we'd all be loving it. Um, yeah, so, agreed. you know... Fair play. Uh, it's a lesson learned, but not one that I think needs a lot of practice. You know, that it is what it is. It's one of those things we said it at the time. It's not something they're going to do again. I'm glad the rule has been changed. A lot of Welsh moaning about that, you know, suggesting that England have influence over world rugby. But I think majority of fans would agree it makes sense to have that rule. Like, it's, it's you know, fair yeah. enough. But, like, I'm not convinced that you should be able to go quick if there's a yellow card. Um, either because I kind of think you know, that you're getting a huge advantage by your, the opposition losing uh, losing a player, um, but that's beside the point because yeah, HIA 100. percent If you're forced to go off because someone thinks you might have an injury, mm. uh, you know the opposition shouldn't take advantage from that. So here's, here's and I mean it was a little bit of a weird weird thought process I went through, but if Anthony Watson. Because he wasn't off the field of play yet, if he would have stayed on the field of play and attempted to make a tackle, would the referee have blown the, the game dead? It's, a, it's an interesting one. Uh, or, it, or would he have got a second card. yellow and been sent off? Sec- yeah, but I mean, they started play whilst he's on the field of play. So I'm not I'm not sure how that would have worked. I mean, it might have saved it's us interesting. conceding a try. If anybody, I mean, if anybody knows this, the answer to this question, I suspect no one will know. But if anybody does know or they've got a, a good theory, uh, reach out, England Rugby, uh, englandrugbypod at gmail.com or at englandrugbypod on social media. I'd be fascinated to know what you guys think. Because, um, yeah, Billy, you're right. It's uh, well, What would have happened if he just, you know, he was out there where the ball was being kicked across, if he'd just gone yeah. and intercepted it? Yeah, is that like he's not off the field yet? They've decided to continue playing. I mean, well, you know what would, have sure. ha- what would have happened is the ref would have just given him the penalty again back where it came from. Yeah, and just said, yeah, and, 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 and said you can't go quick. Yeah, would have saved us some points. Yeah, and then we'd have brought on our our uh, 
guns, gun, gun bench a little bit earlier, and we'd have stuck three tries on them and, and yeah, mullered them. And we'd be num- world number one right now. So basically, it's Anthony Watson's fault. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, for both getting sent off and then not uh, not risking a, a red card. Um, yeah. I, I mean, speaking of that card, I mean, was for you, that was that a yellow card? Yeah, I've got no complaints. If it was the other way around, I would have wanted him binned. Yeah. If it was a Welsh player, so I've, I've not really got not really got any complaints. I think he knew what he was doing. And there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of chat, isn't there, about you know, world rugby wants people to to tackle around the waist, they want to wrap arms, and you know, when you do, you get pinged. I, I don't. I mean, I guess the question is, for, for it to be a yellow card, it's an intentional knock on. I'm not convinced that I would say he intentionally knocked the ball on. I would say he went in for the tackle. And he put his ha- his arms in a position where he knew that there was a chance he could intercept the pass. See, I don't think he. I so, think he put his arm there, knowing that if he made the tackle, then great. And if he didn't, he'd probably get a hand on the pass. And yeah, yeah, that's down. what I mean. I that's what I mean. Yeah. But, but therefore, but therefore, so 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 penalty. But is that an intentional knock on? I mean, when I think of intentional knock ons, it's you're never going to get the ball, but you can knock it onto the floor to stop someone else from getting it. Whereas I, I feel like he would have gone into that tackle thinking. I'll make the tackle, and if he gets the pass away, you know, perhaps I can kind of stop it getting. I don't know. It feels a little bit less like a an intentional knock on. So perhaps a card was harsh, but potentially, I think maybe if there was more cover um, on the wing, then it might not have been a yellow card. Yeah, last, um, last think, man. Away. Yeah, I think the ref kind of thought that they they could have gained some good territory if the pass would have found its man. So I think that might have played into his decision as well. But I also think that if that's a yellow card, then Dan Biggers on Maro Itoji oh, is yeah. a yellow card as without, well. Without, but, I don't think there are many people, even the Welsh fans. I mean, there are certainly some that were trying, but for the, for the, in, in most cases, they're like, yeah, he got away with it. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's ironic because the ref was literally stood in front of him, and and it was it was like a well, it was actually like a like a gazelle trying to take down a lion. But <laughs> it was it was, ridiculous. It, was a, it, it was a bit when you. I mean, to be fair. During the game, I didn't notice it really. I did. It didn't. It wasn't something that made me well, suddenly stand up screaming, going, "What the hell? How did you get away with that?" It's. It's been afterwards seeing all the replays, going, "When? How did you get?" It, yeah, when I watched it live, I sort of I thought that doesn't look right. Um, but, but obviously because the play, play carried stuff, on, and think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think anything more of it, more of it. And then when I saw the replay, I thought, Jesus Christ, he's he's just thrown himself into his head. Yeah, that was that was nuts. Um, yeah. It's important the referees get these these fairly basic things right, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, yeah, we're going to I a mean, World Cup, world, and yeah, if that's in the World Cup, we're we're all up in arms and and doing our nothing. And rightly so. And to be fair, if it was the other way around, we'd all be sheepishly staying very quiet about it because of course, it's yeah. not it's not really defensible. Um, but uh, hey ho, it happened. Um, Marrow, some arrow of a toje survived. So uh, yeah, we're not we've got too many complaints. And and like we yeah. say, it, it's it's a warm up game. It's about testing things out and identifying things. And gave Eddie Jones an opportunity to say a few things. And people will complain about that, but that's good. We want that. We want referee. You know, it's a bit like captains. It's a bit like Anthony uh, Anthony Wynne Jones, Alan Wynne, Wynne Jones. <laughs> you know, he, he's in the refs ear all day long, and then yeah, you know, and, and as a result, certain things go his way that maybe wouldn't have done. And it's what we massively lack in Farrell, but it's something that Jono back in the day, you know, that was something he was so good at. You know, he had so much respect from not just opposition players and his own, of course, but also from the referees that when he said something, they listened. Um, and yeah. Alan Wynne Jones gets that a little bit from the referees. Um, that definitely doesn't. And Farrell doesn't, and they don't really no. seem to like him. And it's it does worry me a little bit in in tight games 
that there will be opposition captains who can influence the referee better than we can. Yeah. Um, but there Farrell, isn't really anyone. We haven't really got think, anyone that, that fills that role. I think Farrell's been a bit of a, a gobshite previously to, towards refs. And I yeah. think that's kind of plays against against him. Now he's in that captain role. Um, yeah, but no, yeah, like no. you say, I can't, I don't really see anyone else that. that yeah, it's not. It's not like happy. he exactly. It's not like someone else could do it. I mean, I'm sure there are there are guys that are respected, but they tend to be quieter. And I think Farrell offers things that they wouldn't. So I, I think you know we have to just live with it. But it does mean that they they just have to be that little bit more careful about um, about just not making silly mistakes that that other teams can particularly other teams' captains can capitalise on by getting in the refs here. And it's one of the reasons why I think Eddie Jones points certain things out because it's getting those messages kind of across uh, and, and kind of get, letting the rugby world know that he knows before someone like an Owen Farrell has to try and do it during a game. So, yeah. you know, I think fair enough. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, as I say, England's, England side, well, both England and Ireland, Playing pretty much full strength size today. Um, are you pretty? You know, are you happy to be seeing um, a much more? Uh, it's, it's not. I mean, it's not. A, a, I wouldn't say it's a World Cup final starting fifteen by any stretch. But you know, you go through that team, and certainly the majority of them will be in the in the starting twenty three. You wouldn't necessarily start them. Start the, that fifteen. Yeah. Um, but um, is, it, is it good to see a team that's that's a little bit less uh, kind of um, I don't know how he described it, you know, second fifteen ish. Yeah, I mean it's definitely more what I wanted to see for this game. Um, I would have preferred Farrell at ten, and then maybe sort of uh, Tuolagi and, and Joseph at twelve, thirteen. I think we will um, see I that. Think... Obviously not Joseph, but I think we will see Farrell move to ten and yeah, uh, and Manu going to the, the twelve. Yeah, I think shirt. that's the problem now. We've obviously Joseph being out and marching in. What do we get out of seeing? I mean, if Marchant comes on and, and does really well, it's just a, a headache for Eddie, I suppose. But if yeah. it means getting rid of Pierce Francis, then I'm all for it. <laughs> do, do you think that's maybe what's going on here? He's, he's contemplating going the other way and saying, no, actually, I, think, I could do with... I think Pierce Francis has photographs of Eddie Jones that Eddie Jones doesn't want <laughs> anyone to see, if I'm honest. Oh, interesting. Uh, interesting. I mean, it's, I, mean I, I kind of feel a little bit for Pierce Francis because we've all, we've all sort of written him off. Um, and it's not you know he he hasn't done anything particularly bad, but the trouble is is and it's often the case he hasn't done anything great either. But yeah. Henry Slade was the same for about three years. Um, you know, I for one on the podcast was constantly just questioning why is he even involved? He's he's just not good enough. And then suddenly he came good. So yeah, I mean if Francis if Francis does the same, then I'll I'll happily take it back and. And say that he deserved to be there. I just, I mean, I'm still not over the fact Ben Teo's not in the squad. If I'm honest, I know I should probably get over it, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. And obviously, you know, I mentioned Dan and I spoke about it in, in the midweek episode. But it's um, he's he's obviously ruled himself out of even having the opportunity to be called up now. Yeah. Is that is that? Do you think that's because he's been told it's it's not going to happen? Doesn't matter if there are injuries, we'll find someone else. Or do you think he's simply? Got a bit pissed off that he was not he wasn't taken, and so he's kind of gone screw you, England. I'm if, I'm off. Yeah, if I'm honest, I don't think he really cared. I think when he when he was not in the initial thirty one, I don't think he was thinking, oh, I'll wait, I'll wait and see if I get called up. I think he just went, well, what's what's next? Where can I go and earn earn a pound note somewhere else? Um, which is fair enough, you know, it's a short career. He can do what he pleases. Mm. Um, it's just I just think it's a waste. I don't think it's something that the All Blacks would do. They wouldn't let one of their best centres just 
walk away before a World Cup, they'd probably deal with him and then let him sort of go afterwards. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, and also Eddie Jones doesn't strike me as the sort of person to kind of take like a moral high ground. Uh, I feel like he's the sort of person that might send you home from a training camp, but then he'd call you back in and go, well, yeah, he's learned his lesson now. So I just wonder whether there's more to it. Uh, than Maybe. Simply... I mean, he did that with Denny Solomona, though, didn't he? We haven't seen him since he got sent home. True, but Maybe. I think the, the difference there is that we've got so much strength in the back back three that, that it's probably a bit easier to to look past Denny Solomona um, because, you know, he's, he's classed for no, you know, there's no, no question, but there are so many others who are also there. But you look yeah. at, you know, Manu, um, you know, he had various issues over the years. I don't know if he's had any problems under Eddie Jones. I can't remember the timeline, but, um, you know, he's certainly not. <laughs> In fact, no, he did. He got sent home from one of the training camps, didn't he, Manny? I think he got sent home with Denny With Denny Solomona, exactly. Yeah. So so clearly Eddie Jones, if, if the talent is there, he's, he's, he's not holding a grudge in that respect. So uh, I don't know. We're, these are probably things we'll never know. Um, no. But uh, they aren't what they are. Uh, for this game, though, I think for me anyway, the what I'm most looking forward to is what I was most looking forward to in the opening game, and that's Curry Underhill at six and seven, or, or the oh, yeah, Kamikaze yeah. kids. Kamikaze kids. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I think it's awesome. Really, I mean, we've yeah. we've been calling it on the pod for for a while, um, at least wanting to see it. Uh, I think I'm, it's, it's. I feel sorry for Mark Wilson because he's been awesome at six, and I don't think he's lost his spot by any by any stretch. But you know, you, you're you're playing a very different type of game when you've got two snipers like Curry and Underhill um, and it's the thing we ma- massively massively lacked last weekend in Cardiff was that ability to properly compete at the breakdown and, and now you've got two specialists yeah um, I, I can't wait to see them you know just that speed and physicality and that breakdown now as they both have because what do you think um, we, what do you think we lose by not we, having we, an out and out six I think we probably lose a little bit at, at the line out um, yeah I don't think any, you know, Billy's not jumping. No one's getting Billy in the air. <laughs> um, so it kind of leaves us with just Marrow and, and Cruzo to as jumpers. Um, I think a good line out, we'll, we'll figure that out pretty quickly. And obviously, I think that's going to be a test today with um, with Peter o- O'Mani. But do you not think either one of these, Curry or Underhill, could easily have been have been training? Potentially. To, to I don't, it's, it's, just, it's just not their game, is it? it no. Just, I think it takes away that third option. I think um, against... Against a team with with a good line out, you know the All Blacks and and South Africa and maybe Ireland, um, we'll see today. It could be an issue, but I just think that the breakdown is is probably more important. I'd rather have these two yeah, at yeah. six and seven than an extra jumper in the line out. So I think it's a a trade that's that's worth it. Yeah, I mean look, we've got Wilson on the bench. Um, I actually hope he comes on quite early today for Billy because I just I don't really understand why we're not resting Billy. We've seen yeah. what he's capable of for many years. We've seen what he's capable of in the last couple of weeks and and it's big things surely it's time now to just wrap him in cotton wool and say you know see you in japan curry underhill and wilson as your back row it's just got engine all over it <laughs> i mean yeah obviously massive you know, billy billy is always going to be a massive loss but you know you have to prepare for what happens if if the worst you know comes about and yeah, we want to. I don't. I just. I don't get why he's starting today. It makes no sense to me. Like, there's no need for it. 
Yeah, um, I don't think he'll he'll play. I don't think he'll play a long time. I don't think we'll see him at all against Italy. Well, no. I hope so. Anyway, I, I, I'd be very surprised. I think this is it. Yeah. This is his last warm up game, and maybe that's it. You know, it's a week off, then it's Italy, then it's a week off, then it's Tonga, isn't it? So, or something. Yeah. Like that. So yeah, it's I can see him getting sort of fifty minutes today, and then that's it. See you in Japan. Yeah, or even or even just pull him off at half time. Pull him off after twenty minutes. Like it, depending on how it goes, if he if he yeah. has an impact in the first twenty minutes, switch it up then. Um, but um, but yeah, it'll. I I, I kind of hope that Eddie wants to see what Curry and Underhill look like with Billy at the back, and that that makes sense because I think if you're going to go with a Curry Underhill, you need a real impact player behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if he gets to see that, you know, early doors, then get Billy off, put Wilson on, um, and you've still got yourself, like you said, an engine um, that can do a do a do a job, and and obviously you're bringing another jumper into the lineup, so. Yeah, I suppose that's real situational rugby as well. Imagine the World Cup, Billy goes down with an injury 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the game. You're going to have to make do without him for the rest of it. So it's probably good, yeah, good exactly. warm-up for situational rugby. Yeah, I mean, probably probably don't tell Billy that's why you're practising it because we don't want yeah, to well, get, we don't getting it in his head that he might go down with an injury that early on. But um, but yeah, it's... Uh, I'm just, I'm just ex- I'm excited to see how they get on. I finally... I, f- I felt so confident watching... The performances of a of a second string side last week, seeing the impact that the kind of the first string guys had when they came on, and, and just to, to be able to see that from start to finish uh, today is I'm just I'm looking forward to it. I'm confident, um, and I think England, you know, at home, I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna do it do it comfortably. Oh yeah, I, I'll be very very surprised if we don't if we don't sort of get a good win today. I don't look at this island team and I, I don't look at it and, and worry. And they've got some good players, but I, I think they're on the on a downward sort of trajectory, whereas we're we're looking upwards and looking good. I think. Agreed. Um, just before we uh, we we head off and and leave people to uh, enjoy the first half, uh, a tweet has been floating around um, recently uh, regarding the anthems. Now, obviously, you know we as the England Rugby Pod know that the best anthem in world rugby is, of course, "God Save the Queen." Um, followed closely by Swing Low. Um, but if you're taking those two out of the equation, uh, what is what, what, in your opinion, is the best anthem in rugby right now? Um, so it's God Save the Queen, number one. Yeah. It's um, Swing Low, number two. Of course. It's Jerusalem is three, <laughs> and the rest of them can get bent. Fair enough. Guys, if you... Uh, well. If you don't agree, if you if you have an opinion of your own that's a little different to ours, uh, answers on a postcard or email us, uh, englandrugbypod at gmail.com, uh, at englandrugbypod on social media and let us know. Um, but more importantly, enjoy this anthem now and we'll catch you at half time. First half done, a solid first half, Billy. Yeah, that was that was brilliant. That was exactly what I wanted to see. Uh, 22-10, um, three tries, could have been four, 
potentially at the end there. Things looking good. Um, Billy V, I don't know if that was an itchy knee. I don't care. It's time to take him off. Yeah, yeah. We we don't need to see any more any more of him. Um, let's get Wilson on. Uh, I, um, and we want and we need to see it, right? Yeah, for sure. We need we need to see what what our option is if if Billy's not available or if for some of the the group games we're going to rest him. Who's going to fit in now? I mean, we're, we're assuming it's going to be Wilson. I can't see it being anybody else, um, but I'd still like to see it. Well, I, I think England need. Yeah, we, we, you know, we have. It's not just that we want to see it. I think we have to see it um, because I don't think you can play Billy in what is it four, five, six, seven? Is it seven games to reach a World Cup final? Yeah, I know. seven or eight. I, I don't. And if you're playing him in almost all your warm-ups as well, he's going to have one game off in twelve over the course of about as many weeks. So you've got to have the option to to not play him. I suspect there's a chance he won't play against Tonga. Perhaps you know he also won't play against the USA, but if and maybe that's why they're playing him today because they're they're planning a, a long layoff. But in that case, we need to see what the alternative is. Yeah, of course, I'd be happy if we don't see him against Italy, Tonga, or the USA. In all honesty, um, so he's had a you know two games against Wales. He's had a half here <laughs> against Ireland. Yeah. Let's get him off, wrap him in bubble wrap, send him to Japan, and we'll we'll see him for the Argentina game. Sounds like a plan. Uh, now I said to you uh, before the first half. Um, should we be concerned about pushing Manu further out wide? You correctly said absolutely not. Uh, when when Manu and Big Joe are on the same side of the pitch, it's just it's ridiculous, isn't it? Is there anything scarier than them two blokes running at you? I mean, that try that Manu just scored, um, I tweeted about it, but I, I, I was watching it, and, and in, the, in all the build-up to it, the scrum, you know, it was a case of if England... The only way Ireland stop a try being scored here is if they win this scrum against the head. Because if England win this scrum, and they won it really quite messily, if England win this scrum, it's a try. And you know, I, I my prediction was that it would end up with Cochinasiga scoring in the corner, but you know, Manu saw the gap and he went through it. It just they they're, they're devastatingly fierce um, yes. when they, when they're paired up together. And when well, got- from there as well, they're worried. You know, Ireland are worried about. Billy well, at the back of the scrum, they're worried about Manu coming through the middle or, or Joe outside, just pick your poison. Well, that's it. And, and they have to cover the first person that's going to be the problem, which means they need the extra man to be hang, hanging around in case Billy goes. They, they need the extra man to be ready to defend against Manu. So worst case scenario, the quick ball out, you know, out wide and big Joe is there to, to finish the job. And yeah, it's a, it's a great position to be in. Like, even, though it, even though England are by no means perfect today, um, and we'll come on to that in a moment, they they have it, it's it's looked very controlled when England when we, you know when we have been uh, kind of in positive possession if that's a thing. Yeah, we've um, I think we've looked good. I think we've looked we've looked good. We've looked in control of this game. Absolutely. Now you mentioned to me uh, during that half uh, one of your notes that that we didn't get around to in uh, in before the before the game began. Um, care to share? Yeah, um, I was. Sort of doing some some research when I, I found out that we were going to go forward, Faz and Manu, um, and the only time they've sort of been on the field together in in their, their positions was um, against Australia in November, and just how having Manu uh, outside with a, with those dummy runs, it just draws defenses in so narrow that there's always an op- an option outside, and we uh, we scored with with Farrell against Australia in November, but also outside Farrell was was Daly and and May coming round. Um, so there's always an option. He's just so dangerous at 13. 
that he draws defences in and we're always going to have options out wide. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's exactly, it answers the question I asked you uh, back then about, <clears throat> you know, are there issues with pushing him out to 13? And I think what we're seeing today is that, you know, not only is it, uh, you know, a, an option, but it's a really good option as well. Um, and the fact that we already know that having him at 12 is a good option just suddenly means that we have this kind of shifting line where, where Farrell at 12, Manu at 13 can move to Farrell at 10, Manu at 12. And you can kind of keep things fairly consistent. Um, it, it's, I think it's a great, it's a great problem to have if it, if it, if it can be described as a problem um, in terms of selection, because it just it gives you the freedom to ha- have different options on the bench. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, like we said about having Jonathan Joseph and Henry Slade, you don't mind one of them coming off the bench to to try and get you a try, especially Jonathan Joseph if he's coming off the bench with. 20 minutes left against against tired opposition, mm. he's going to be looking for meat, meat all day, isn't he? Absolutely. Um, I don't like to to point the finger at individuals on the England side, but I feel like today you know, we talked ben about Young's. yeah we talked about how much Ben Youngs had to prove, I suppose, because of how well Hines has been playing, and it really feels like today Ben Youngs is standing out as as a as a bit of a problem for England because there's so much hard work going in to create uh, opportunities. You know, the forwards are absolutely dominating uh, at times. You know, this is, I'm not taking anything away from Ireland, although they, they, they seem to have, you know, the first 20, they look really strong. They kind of seem to give up a little bit in that second 20. But, you know, our, our forwards have looked so dominant and all this hard work and even the backs, once they, once they get the front foot ball and they get going, have looked dominant. But Ben Youngs, he's slowing the ball down. He's making bad decisions. He's kicking badly. Obviously, that um, attempted penalty when you had Billy, you know, it was give the ball to Billy, who's probably going to break at least one tackle, and we maintain that possession and that momentum, or throw the ball at your opposite man and and try and scream at the referee to get a penalty. Like I, I don't know. It yeah. just if this is a testing ground for you know things that, that potentially are going to happen in a world cup and you're Eddie jones you're fuming at that aren't you yeah um, massively we that that had england try all over it that that position that we were in mm. um and you know it was not one not two but three pretty poor passes from from ben youngs and then just to to throw it into i think it was healy was it jogging back yeah i mean it, um, it was open play healy was slowing down intentionally to to try and create a nuisance of himself but he's um, you know it's one of those slightly grey areas uh, that's it's not offside because he is trying to get back um, just you know what use him use him as almost like a if you want use him to block make a little run in dart in behind him yeah, um, yeah just, do something don't, don't just throw f- the ball in no exactly uh, it um, was yeah, really disappointing to see to see that and um, and as I as I tweeted has he forgotten that Hines who's on fire at the moment is on the bench because you know this is definitely not how you answer your critics um, you know when you're supposed to be the starting nine in this England setup, one of only two, um, and and frankly you're letting the side down a little bit. Yeah, well we we said last week about you know Willie Hines looks like he he should be the starter, and he, Ben Youngs is just proving our point to me. Um, I, I agree, but 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 equally I think seeing what I'm seeing today, it makes me say, well, do I want this guy coming on in the last twenty to try and either change a game or sure sure things up or whatever it might be, I, it, it worries me a little bit now that we only have these two nines in, in camp 
um, because I think he's, you know, he's really struggling to offer us anything of value yeah. right now, uh, and and we know that he's capable of more, but that's not that's not good enough. You know, he needs to be delivering it now. <clears throat> it's no good saying he might not be very, you know, he might not be playing very well at the moment, but he can be good. He was good, you know, six months ago, twelve months ago, yeah. whatever it might be. I mean, uh, well, less than a month away from a World Cup, so if you want to find your form any time now, Mister Youngs, that would be appreciated. Yeah, agreed. So, do we think? I mean, I guess because this is a warm-up game, part of I mean, yeah, we obviously want to win it, but and we've got got to give ourselves a good platform now at twenty-two ten. Do you leave Youngs on and just try and give him that opportunity to sort it out? You know, because there might be an element of he's a bit rusty, um, because we know what Hines is capable of. Or do we? Is the win more important, and do we make that change, but potentially put Youngs on the back foot and? I don't know. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like we, we kind of yeah. I, I mean, I would if it's me. I would I'd be putting Willie Hines on now with, you know, with the with the gun midfield he's got mm. and saying if you can go out there and get us you know two three tries and really boss the game, That's then the pressure's back on Youngzy to go out. You know, says to <clears> Youngzy, <throat> you've got eighty minutes against Italy. Yeah. Prove to me you're you're my starter because yeah. the way that the way that Willie Hines has played against Wales has has just said to me that he he should be the man starting in the World Cup and if he comes out at half time and he makes the change and, and Willie Hines is is dominating and, and making you know Ben Youngs look even slower then why I mean he shouldn't just start just because his name's Ben Youngs no no I, I, I agree with you I, I would like to see Hines come on now uh, I think you're right I think I think you bring Hines on and you see you know can you do more with this the, the way that this midfield uh, is playing off this pack can you do more with it than, than he did in the first half and if you can you know, noted. That's that's yeah, put we put yeah. that down, and then we say to Ben Youngs, Italy is where you have your opportunity to kind of convince us that this was the right decision, and yeah, potentially massively. and potentially even go with George Ford as your backup nine to try that out if that is your kind of uh, last ditch kind of reserve nine. Well, I mean, Eddie's given himself enough time that you know if Heinz comes on at half time and does the business and he plays plays Youngs against Italy and he still looks like this, you know, there's still time to, to yeah, talk yeah, him make, out and get DC in. Make a change, yeah, exactly. So Danny Care, because you're obviously Danny listening. Care, yeah, not, not Danny Cipriano. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, you're obviously listening to this pod because it's such a big part of your life. Um, yeah, make sure you're staying fit. Yeah, It ain't exactly. over because the fat lady has not sung yet. Uh, just yeah, before we head back then, Billy, uh, Mako's obviously coming on, we suspect, in the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he's capable of. We forgot to mention that at halftime. Yeah, looking forward to seeing Mako again in England shirt. Um, just hopefully he can get through it, come out at the end of the game, and not not have another injury. I mean, um, the... if he can, cool. Go if he can, if he can, you know, play twenty thirty minutes and look like the Mako of old, mm. then you know, coming into the World Cup, fantastic and an extra bonus. I agree. I mean, at the moment, look, we've got Sink and George, Jamie George, you know, looking, look, just looking awesome with ball in hand. The offloads, the the pace, the the kind of the aggression. You've got well, um, now now we know why he didn't put a winger on the bench because Jamie George is the yeah, the cover, first winger cover. for this game. Yeah, yeah. G- George Cruz is looking big and aggressive. You've obviously got Billy. You've got Marrow. Uh, oh, right, Sir Marrow today. How yeah. well has he played the first half? Manu and uh, Kokonasiga. 
you know, in the, in the backs, it's just looking like a really strong unit. Then you've got the two sevens that you know often a lot of what they do you you, you miss because when you're watching on TV and everything's happening quick, a lot of the work they're doing is is sort of hidden away. So I'll reserve judgment, but I'm sure they're doing an awesome job. Um, and and obviously watching the replays, we'll find out a little bit more. But um, yeah, it's just it's looking like a like a really solid. A team at the moment, and yeah, Mako coming on for Joe Marler, who I'm sure will be blowing by the time that change happens. Uh, you know, an opportunity to see another uh, another kind of front row player who has those kind of abilities with ball in hand. Um, you know, another aggressive attacking player. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what happens in this second half. We didn't do it in the first half. Predictions now that we've got this this lead. No, I well, tell you I what, mean, forget I... predictions. Let, prediction for it's nil nil. Predictions for the second half. Um, because Ireland I mean, are going to come out wanting to do something different. Yeah, I was pretty confident going into the game. Like I said, I thought this was an Ireland team that sort of on the downward trajectory and were looking really good. I, I was going to say at the start of the game a twenty point victory for England. I might not go that far, um, but I, I reckon we'll win the second half by by ten points. Okay, interesting. I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're going to get 10 second half. So they'll be on, what, 20? Mm. And we're going to get 21. <laughs> Three more tries. I, I just, the way that they're playing, I just can't see them not scoring more tries. I think it depends if we take the foot off the foot off the gas a little bit. I think it also depends if... If he brings Hines you know, on, I think yeah, Hines will, will put his foot on, on the gas and that's going to, yeah. that's going to increase. So, I, yeah, I'm going to go for it because, you know, I like to exaggerate my predictions. I've never got one right. Always been way out, but you know that's that's what being positive is all about. So what does that do? That forty three twenty to twenty, so twenty three point twenty three point win. Cool. I mean, who'd who'd have thunk that? What Ireland number two in the world? No, well, number three in the world. Don't mean anything. Oh, I know. I mean, if Ireland, Ireland yeah, I, surely there's some connotation where England can get ahead of Wales. Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not I don't think it matters, is it? You know, what, Wales were. What, what matters Wales is, uh, yeah, World Cup final after Wales have already been knocked out and England beat New Zealand in the final. Exactly. Although, although I don't think that's going to happen either, because I'm pretty sure if both New Zealand and England win their groups, they have to meet. They'll meet in the semis. But that's another bit of maths that needs doing uh, for these pods. Anyway, let's get back to it. Uh, let's see what happens in that second half, and, uh, and we'll be back to discuss it all in 40 minutes or so. Except, of course. For you guys, it will be more like 30 seconds. Guys, welcome back. Uh, it wasn't quite forty-three twenty as predicted at half time, uh, but it wasn't a bad result, was it? What a result! What a result that was. Um, I mean, not to to get too carried away because it is a, a warm up game. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. We um, we gave Ireland what before I think at fifty-seven fifteen. I mean, that's. I mean, you, you can you can say don't get too carried away, but against. A team that's second or third in the world. I'm not sure how the rankings sit right now. Third in the world, let's say. You any time you're putting 57 points on them, um, 
I think you can take. I think you can take something from it. I don't think this is the sort of game where you can say, "Yes, but." Uh, you know that was a that was a, a, a cracking performance from England. Um, you know, obviously aided by the fact that Ireland were were very out of sorts. Um, you know, didn't look great at all. Oh, we were playing Ireland. I, I thought Scotland were wearing green. <laughs> well, we got to be careful what we say. Last time we tried to mug Scotland off, they came back and uh, we drew the game. So, um, yeah, well. We'll forget about that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, you know, in terms of what you want three weeks out from the start of the World Cup, um, you know, you, you can't choose your opposition. Uh, you can't choose the way they're going to play, at least. Um, you know, that's that's a solid performance, right? You can't, you can't have asked for much more from the players. And yet, you know, clearly there is more to give. They, I, I like the fact that, that immediately they're talking about the areas that they can improve on. Um, there's no sitting back in their laurels and, 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 you know, they're certainly under no illusions that, that that translates into, you know, watching out the rest of the world. But I think for us fans watching, you know, it's a, it's a really exciting time. And um, I think England showed glimpses of, of, you know, what we expect to see during the World Cup. Yeah, massively, and and look, we—I mean, Ireland didn't didn't turn up to play really, but if you look at their team on paper, it's a it's a really strong team, mm. um, oh, and well. not you know if they would have won today, not that it matters, but they would have been they would have been the number one team in the world, and yeah, we well, were exactly. nearly sixty points on them. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. It's it it does make a bit of a a joke out of the world rankings system. Uh, I've got to be honest, you know, a lot of Kiwi fans rightly <laughs> kind of displeased with the fact that Wales are number one in the world having never beaten New Zealand. Uh, I mean, I understand their point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and likewise, you know, Ireland, a team that, you know, had the result gone the other way, uh, they'd be number one in the world. As it happens, yeah, they're beaten so convincingly by a record score. It's it's, something's not quite adding up uh, in the way that the supposed best team in the world is being chosen. But, um, you know, fortunately... It won't be long before there's a certain lot of competition that will determine it once determine and for all. Yeah, I think the new rule should be if it's a non World Cup year, if you're um if you're top of the rankings at the end of the year, you have to play the All Blacks and the winner, the winner's the real number one. Yeah, or, um, or you play you play the winner of the previous World Cup. Yeah, no, I, I think that's probably a, a good shout. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what they were going for with the with the um what what were they gonna call it? The World League. Oh yeah, well they were gonna sort of make the <clears throat> six nations part of it and well, yeah, I think you know the Six Nations was going to be how the Northern Hemisphere played each other. The Championship was going to be how the Southern Hemisphere played each other, and then the Autumn Internationals and the Summer Tours and things would would have everyone playing each other. It, it, from actually, I think from a from a top flight uh, point of view, it was a it was a great idea. I think the issue was that they were going to have two tiers, and there was the risk of teams who didn't perform well getting knocked down into tier two, and obviously the likes of Scotland and. Um, and even Ireland, actually, um, and <laughs> presumably Wales, um, were not that keen on the idea of there, there being that risk that they would end up in playing two-tier games instead of top-tier games. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite happy with the way it is. I don't think it needs to change. In the day, the, the the only thing that matters is being the best team at the end of the year on a World Cup cycle. The rest of it doesn't really matter. Yeah, true. I mean, I think they, they, I think it would be good to, like you say, have something that just sort of says, you know. The, the the world champions play number one in the world unless they're both uh, at some point in the season in order to yeah. determine who is number one in the world at that time. But um, 
anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, going back to this game, yes, it was poor Ireland, 34 missed tackles. Uh, you can't be doing that in an international game and it's got to be a bit worrying for them a few weeks out from the World Cup. Um, I mean, obviously we're not here to talk about Ireland, but uh, I, I genuinely think Ireland against Wales is going to be fascinating next week. Yeah, um, I mean, Ireland have got a lot to prove. They look, they almost look scared in that second half to make a tackle. They look like they didn't really want to make a tackle against one of our big runners. Well, um, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether... I, I was very surprised, you know, that normally Ireland have a really strong kicking game. And given all of the, the kind of chat surrounding Daly and his, his poor ability, you know, with the ball in the air, they didn't really test him once in that. I, I'm very surprised they didn't try to use the aerial ball a bit. I mean, unless that was something they intentionally came out saying, look, let's see what happens when we don't do it. It's a training well, think, game. Yeah, I think that might be their plan because when they played Italy the other week, they didn't box kick once. So, yeah, maybe they're saying, let's keep that in our locker. We know we're good at yeah, it. Yeah, but maybe. Maybe uh, they're trying to build a, a game plan without uh, yeah. having to box kick. I'm not quite sure. I mean, from their point of view, you would think they would have to start using it in one of their remaining couple of warm-up games because you can't go into the World Cup kind of on the back of, well, when we played in the Six Nations, our kicking was really strong, so it will probably still be. Um, so you yeah, expect I mean, and they, they would... And they, they still lost to us and Wales in the Six Nations. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, they're, they're on a downward trajectory. I don't I don't see them making much noise. It's not the ideal, is it? In a, in a, no. Not just a World Cup year, but yeah, three three weeks out from the start of a World Cup. Yeah. Um, interestingly... Uh, Eddie interviewed at the end of the game there and they were, he was asked about the Kamikaze twins and he very quickly changed the subject. Um, do you take anything from that or is that just him wanting to talk about other things? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Do you, you know what? At the end of the game when the players were walking around, Tom Curry looked like he was holding his, his arm like he'd hurt his shoulder. Oh, um, do you think? Which, well, I mean, it, it looked, the way he was holding his arm was almost like he was supporting it like a sling. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was a bit strange, and then when Eddie sort of sort of glanced over it and didn't didn't say much, I kind of thought, oh, maybe he's hurt himself. I hope not, obviously. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if they let him just wander around supporting himself if he was in difficulty. I'd, I'd have thought they'd have had him whisked away and, and wrapped up, but um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was an interesting one because I thought they played brilliantly uh, together. Oh, they were fantastic. They were I, they were fantastic. Yeah, when when Mark Wilson came on, but not for Billy when they changed. Um, Curry and Underhill. I've got to be honest, I was thinking, well, is there value in having two sevens to start and then having two sixes? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna replace two sevens with a pair of sixes, would you not be better off actually having a combination of the two throughout? Now obviously it's hard to it's hard to sort of debate what Eddie actually did because it was a hell of a result. But like in your opinion, is that is that the right way to go about it? Um I, mean, I do think I th- Wilson should have stayed, should have come on for Billy and they should have given Billy a rest. But Yeah, that's what I was hoping to see. I was hoping Wilson was going to come on for Billy. Um, but maybe the fact that Underhill and Curry have both had, you know, they've both had injuries recently, especially mm-hmm. Underhill, he's, he seems to be quite injury prone. If, if they're that important to the cause, then get them off. Um, but, true, true. But then, but then wouldn't we say that of, of Billy? I mean, of clearly, Billy as well. Yeah. Clearly, Eddie, you know, Billy is his is his golden goose because he just, you know, couldn't, couldn't say, couldn't, couldn't uh, heap enough praise on him, you know, and particularly talking about his ability to offload in the tackle, which of course, when you're breaking through two or three people and then managing an offload as well, is massive for momentum and, um, 
and territory and, and, and just giving England that front football that they need to put points on teams. Um, you know, that, that little that little kind of bit where, where Johnny May, I can't tell whether he flicked the ball back or whether it just got knocked out of his hand. You know, I think it got knocked out and he sort of flicked it. Like it that, but, then, but when the replays, when they, when they were look, looking at it, it almost looked like he kind of gave it a little back flick. You know, it was sort yeah, of a, I think, I think it, it popped space. up and he... He saw it was maybe going forward and just flicked it backwards. So it was it was pretty smart from, from yeah, Johnny yeah. May. Johnny May's definitely you know when he first came on the scene he was, you know he was literally a, a kind of puppy running around blind blindfolded. You know he was just kind of all all over the place. He's a much smarter player now. He seems seems to be. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I think he's he's one of if not the most most dangerous wingers in the world. Um, yeah. Well, and he showed it today. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. When he gets going, he, he just scares. Scares defenses with that speed of his. Has has been, I mean, given that uh, given that he's supposedly the second quickest on the England team after after Johnny May, has has Big Joe cemented his place as a starting winger for England? I think so. I mean, I thought. I mean, I said I said last week um, before the Wales game that I think he's he he, he Big Joe and, and Johnny May are the starting wingers, and I don't think anything's changed. Um, you know, he was he was brilliant again today. Um, scored a couple of tries and just caused havoc pretty much. Um, I think he didn't get tested under the high ball, mm. which is is probably the only concern we have of him. Um, yeah, I mean, not it, was, the... it was actually a shame that that didn't happen because I would have liked yeah. to have seen. You know, he has these, these opportunities to answer his critics, but he can only do obviously what's uh, what's put in front of him. And and you know, he's we we know he's great on the counter attack. We know he's great ball in hand. We know he's got an enormous boot. Um, but if his one weakness is something that they don't test him in, te- test him with in these warm-up games, we're going to be none the wiser. So I yeah. think it is a shame. I would like to have seen him replaced um, with Anthony Watson. I'm assuming Anthony Watson's fit, but maybe not. Um, j- just just so we're aware of what the options are. You know, even if you want, we are. I said it at half time. I said it probably before the game as well. But you know, happy if Daly is the, the way we're going to go. That's fine, but I just want to know what happens if, um, and I want to have seen it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think that maybe Eddie missed the trick not having a, a back three sort of replacement. Um, but hopefully against Italy, we'll see we'll see a bit of a mix up and and maybe see Watson at fullback and maybe Daly on the wing or, or just something a little bit different, <laughs> just so we know what we've got in reserve. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Manu, we, we asked it at halftime, 12 versus 13. Um, he's looked so good in that 13 shirt today. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, when asked about it, kind of said, I mean, he actually said Ireland's soft, was soft in defence. Yeah, we, yeah, he did. And then, and then quickly changed his mind to, to how he, what, what he meant by that. But I think we all know what he meant. We all know that. what he meant. Um, we all know what he meant. But, but he had a point in that, you know, today, Manu had a lot of time at 13. With a with a more in sort of intense blitz defence, getting up in, his, in 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 players' faces, would we struggle to get him the ball with with the time to do what he does? Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not he is just used in different ways against different teams. And actually, as the as the competition gets tougher, whether he starts to move further inside in order to give us a bit more time to get the ball in his hands, because there's no question he creates overlaps with the with the way he draws in defences. Yeah, I, I think, you know, having Manu and playing him 12 or 13, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Like I say, if, if they're getting 
Um, Start them outside, and if it's looking like they're getting up too quick, move them in. Yeah, if they're getting sort of fast line speed and we're not being able to get the ball out to him, then just put him at 12, let him get the ball, let him let him crash the ball up and hopefully slow them down a little bit. And presumably, if you're, if you're playing, you know, if you happen to be playing a Ford Farrell to an Aggie at 10, 12, 13, for example, um, and a situation presents itself like that, I mean, there's no real reason why Manu and Farrell couldn't switch places and, and, and have Owen Farrell almost playing that kind of Henry Slade role a little bit further out. You have the two playmakers either side of the big crash ball man. You can use the miss pass if you need to kind of treat Owen Farrell like a 12. Um, or you do a bit like they did today where, where Farrell, even though he's at 12, is often stepping inside, but being missed being missed out, having drawn a man in and looping around. Um, and I think they said in commentary, it was it's a bit like what Johnny Sexton usually does, except in, in the case of Sexton, he obviously offloads the ball himself and then loops kind of old school. Yeah. Very effective, and actually, what what Owen Farrell and Ford were doing today kind of had the same the same effect. Um, you know, him play, standing inside Ford pulled in a, a defender, but he he was never getting the ball. He loops, and you know they're creating uh, overlaps on the outside. Yeah, that's that's the problem. You know, with having or well, I say it's a problem. It's a good thing for us in in having Manu and Farrell. You can't just leave one. You can't just say, oh, you know, it's definitely going to go out to Manu. So, you know, we'll rush in, we'll stick two on him. You've got to make sure that Faz is is covered because as well as being fantastic as a a pass in 12, you know, he's a big boy. If you give him, if you give him space, he's going to go through it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good problem. Good selection problem Eddie's got with the midfield, I think. Yes. I mean, talking of problems, should we be concerned about Mako? Um, Eddie's obviously... Palmed it off as he had a bit of a hamstring twinge uh, and it was kind of a, you know, better safe than sorry. But the way that the other guys reacted to him coming off the pitch, the way that he looked in himself when he was walking off, it didn't look great. Um, are we, should, we be, should we be worried? Um, I mean, it didn't look great, did it? It didn't look great him coming off. He didn't, um, I mean, when... he didn't look like he was in huge amounts of pain. He wasn't limping. No. But at the same time, it was just that reaction from... You know, from Manu and 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 the other guys on the bench, uh, and just that look on his face, he just seemed very down, uh, which is yeah, always a bit of a yeah. concern. I mean, I think that could be put down to the fact that you know he's been injured for a while. He's he's got back. He's come on, you know, with half an hour to play, and he's not been able to see the game out, or twenty minutes to play rather, yeah, not been able yeah, to no, see, see the game out. It didn't look too serious. Um, I think he's another one. Same with Billy. You know, stick them both in bubble wrap, send them to Japan, and. And hopefully, just tell their replacements he, to just be ready, just in case. Yeah, well, especially with Mako, um, but I think he's so important for us um, when it comes to the the big games. Yeah, I think he's he's one of our best. You know, he, he he's our best forward in my opinion. You know, I think Thomas he's, a shame for, if they save him for the big games and the guys that put in the hard graft to get to the big games are going to miss out. But you know, it's a yeah, squad, I mean, you, yeah, you can't tournament. save him. You can't save him just for the big games, but I think that's where it's important to make sure he's fit for. You know, so if it if it means pulling him off or not starting him in a in a lesser game when we've already qualified from the group or against the USA, then then I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. It's just important to keep him fit and make sure that he's there when we need him. You know, in the in the final. For sure. I mean, so Eddie Eddie has said it's going to be another mixed squad against Italy. Uh, what do you what do you expect to see? What do you what do you want to see? What have we not seen yet that um, needs to be tested in our final? You know, we've got a week off now, but then our final warm-up game against Italy in two weeks' time. 
Um, yeah, what are what are the things that you want to see from this from this team? It's it's obviously less of a, a challenge in terms of the opposition. You know, not to disrespect, not to disrespect Italy, but you know, if you on paper, it's less of a test. You know, when you compare to what we were expecting to see today from Ireland. Yeah, I mean, if I had my <laughs> if I had my way completely, I I would sort of start the second stringers, and I would on the bench, I'd have the the guys that are, he's looking at as injury replacements. Any any of the, the starting fifteen, I wouldn't have anywhere near that game. Yeah, um, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, no, I mean, you got you got, you got the impression that he's going to go down the you know the sort of half and half route again. Yeah, um, I think what would be probably quite good would be to have, you know, almost have half. Well, it's the opposite of what you just said, but you know, have half your starters starting with your second fifteen, and then have your replacements there to replace your second fifteen. So that you have the option. Well, I don't know. Actually, maybe that's a bad call. I just don't. I just don't. I mean, if let's say, or that, are we getting combinations even, again? Yeah. What's I don't, what are we going to gain from it? You know, we've done that against Wales. This is a lesser opposition in Italy. What the, what the upside is that we win. Okay, great. The downside is someone like mm-hmm. Manu or someone like Farrell or someone <clears> like one of the Vinopolas gets injured. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it could ruin our World Cup. It's very true. Um, I still want to see an alternative. I think I think Daly should be rested. I want to see an alternative there. I think Watson is the man to start at 15. I believe Jack Knoll is potentially back in time for Italy. So obviously, I think if he is, you probably need to give him a run out because yeah. he's got he's got to have some time um, with the ball before the competition begins. So that, that will obviously be a good one to see. Uh, back row, yeah, I think you rest Billy and you start Wilson at eight. Guess the question then is: I, I really want to see Courtney Laws in the second row. <laughs> he keeps coming on in the back row, and, and you know he, he's great. He'll do a job, but for me, he's a second row first and foremost. Yeah, I I agree hundred um, percent. So he I can think, do a job. Yeah, he can do a job in the back row, but he he's a world class. He's a world class lock. I mean, so Cruz and Toji, were awesome today, um, and I think they are the starting second row. You know, which is a shame for Laws if he's if he's there as a second row and. Um, launch brief but two you know world class players in their own right um so there are options but i just think yeah don't don't force it you know if you're going to have laws on the bench have a be looking at him as a second row <clears throat> so let's have a look at him in the row next week in two weeks time against italy let's give cruz or Itoje, it doesn't matter which a rest uh cruzo's looking big isn't he oh i love cruzo um, um, I think it's more important to maybe rest Marrow though, because on his days so he's a well beater. Yeah. yeah, fine. Yeah, so so Laws and Cruz start the game. Um, I mean, you could have Marrow on the bench, but uh, it doesn't matter if you don't. Wilson at eight, and then do you go Curry Underhill again? Do you do you bring give Ludlam um, another another run out? Yeah, I would probably <clears throat> rest Underhill. So go um, Curry Ludlam. Yeah, Curry Ludlam sounds good to me. Or Ludlam. Yeah, whichever way. Um, you know, the fact that we play two sevens today kind of means it doesn't really matter who's got the six and who's got the seven on their shirt. No, it's true. Um, so, yeah, Ludlam Curry, I just think that with Underhill, he's always a risk of, well, knocking himself out or hurting himself. <laughs> Punching himself um, in the face or something. Well, he just likes to go in head first, doesn't he? And he does. put his head where most people wouldn't. Kamikaze is definitely a good word to describe him. Yeah, I think if, if we could rest Marrow, Underhill, Vinopola, um then I don't even mind the rest of the the forward. The rest of the the forward staying the same. Uh, and what about 
at nine? What are we going to do? Oh, I mean, I think. What did you think when when Willie Hines came on? I felt like the, like the, the game sped up. The just yeah. I just I just don't see how you start Ben Youngs out of choice uh, at the moment. Um, and I know he's only had one game in you know, since the Six Nations for England, uh, and that was today, obviously, and it didn't go didn't go great. And I feel like he does need some time to to see if that was just you know one of those days, um, you know, bad day at the office or whatever. But I would seriously be thinking about whether or not we need a backup. And and you know, he he brought Joe Marchant in today despite the fact he's not in the 31, I'd be seriously tempted to start Youngs, but actually Heinz has, has shown us enough and actually bring in one of the other guys yeah, that'd be brilliant against Italy just to say, part, partly to put a bit of pressure on Ben Youngs, yeah. but also just to, to know what the options are. And I guess the trouble is, unless Eddie knows exactly who his number three is. <clears throat> I think his number three has to be Danny Kerr, doesn't it? I think it has to be. Well, you'd think so, but obviously you've got Robson sitting in the wings who who was... In camp when care wasn't so, yeah. I just don't. I don't know. I just think Danny Care offers something. If you if you're going to bring, a if you're third, losing that experience from from Ben Youngs, and it's, yeah. I, I, it's, it's unfair to say that. You know, we, I'm not saying we need to drop Ben Youngs because he had a bad game. I think he needs time to be given the opportunity to see if that was, uh, if there's more. You know, if it was just a bad day at the office, as I say, but. Um, so start him against Italy. Well, I think you start Ben Youngs against Italy, but I just yeah, I wonder whether Heinz you've seen enough and whether you just bring in someone else because it it really was poor today. Yeah, I mean, I'd be. I mean, he he was a, a really bad performance from him. Um, and I'm sure he'd be the first to say this to, to put his hands up and 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 admit that maybe not to the press, but certainly in camp. Um, oh, of course. So he's going to have a lot to prove against Italy, and and he may well do that, and he may come out and be the Ben Youngs of old, and we'll all be saying, oh, you know. Problem solved, and you know we can we can relax and breathe a breathe a sigh of relief. But um, but yeah, it does worry me a little bit what we saw today, and uh, I, I think I think I would just like to know that we knew who was who was waiting in the wings. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pretty from from Ben Youngs today. But if we can, you know, if Eddie's gonna take him, which you know, I, there's no reason to believe he won't, then yeah, I think he's got to start against Italy. Um, and just sort of be given more time to prove that he is still the Ben Youngs we know. Yeah, and of course, the, again, against Italy, we've still not seen McConaughey. So assuming he's not uh, still injured, you would expect that he would also be in that lineup. So um, McConaughey, Watson at the back. So you could go McConaughey and Noel on the, on the two wings with Watson at the back for a completely yeah. different looking back three. That sounds good to me. Um Slade hopefully is back, so we get to see Slade in the centres with whoever it might be. Um, I think probably Manu could do with the rest now. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play him against Italy. Um, I'd, I'd rest him up, and there must be You'd probably go Piers Francis, don't you? Just because it's like, yeah, it's, you know, you don't want to get any of your, your big guns injured. Go Francis at twelve, Slade at thirteen. Um, possibly you go Ford again at ten. <clears throat> I'd go Farrell at ten. Actually, we haven't, yeah, we haven't started him at 10, have we? Yeah, plus if you want to give... you know, Ford on ben the bench. Young's... Actually, yeah, because if Ford on the bench, you've got the option of trying trying him at nine at if nine. that's what you want to do. Um, yeah. Or you go with the tried and tested of bringing him on at 10, moving Farrell to 12. Yeah, I would I would, I would start Farrell. Um, I might not play him more than 40, 50, 60 minutes, but he, 
yep. he would be my starting ten for Italy. So that pretty much uh, is the, the the team decided, and, and obviously Eddie listens. So um, I'm sure that we can expect that to be the team that gets announced in a couple of weeks' time. Well, I'll ring him after this and just oh, tell him what we you, said. So um, that'd be good. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure he'll listen. Anything else that you took from that game that you want to discuss? Um, no, I just thought it was a really good performance. Um, I thought that Manu was amazing, Mara was amazing, the Kamikaze kids were brilliant. Um, Sinclair, George, you know, Cruz. Oh, Sinclair, Sinclair's, really? Sinclair's hands for Curry's try. It was, just, yeah, it was proper. I mean, it, it, it takes you back to when New Zealand were, I say when New Zealand were dominating the world. Yeah, I think that's fair because I think there's definitely the gap has closed. But, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the gap was huge. And it was the fact that their forwards had that ability to play yeah. a style of rugby that the rest of the world didn't seem to have cottoned on to. And, and watching England today, it was like watching that type of a performance, um, which is really positive going into the World Cup. Oh, yeah. If you look at our, our starting front row of of Vinopola, Jamie George and Carl Sinclair, there isn't a front row in the world with hands like them boys. No. They're unbelievable, them three. Um, exciting times. Yeah, um, I think you know it was a really good performance, and you know everyone apart from George Ford put in a really good shift. Uh, sorry, George Ford, Ben Youngs put in a really good shift. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I especially enjoyed. You see, Manu Tuilagi when he, he hit Jordan Jordan Lamour oh, and almost ended his life. The biggest hit I've ever seen. Yeah, that's tweet. That is what a big hit, a big legal hit looks like. That was something. Um, that it was, was almost like that... they what they wanted they wanted it to be illegal because it was so aggressive, and then the replay yeah. showed there was nothing wrong with it. At all. Nothing wrong with it. it other was than just... the fact that in any other circumstance it would be GBH. That, yeah, that's you get arrested for that anywhere else apart from a rugby pitch. Yeah, unfortunately, was, uh... he got the the ball kind of ended up between the two of them, and he sort of bounced off the ball, which didn't help. Um, but yeah, just massive hit, and it just goes to show what 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 we've got sitting in the back line. I mean, you know, there yeah. aren't, there aren't many big forwards that put in hits like that. I mean, yeah, when your outside centre is rocking people's world like that, it's 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 good. And it just sends more. It's, it's the kind of messages that it sends, isn't it? I mean, there's not a team in the world that is watching this game, and and you know, you it, I don't care who you are, Welsh fan or not, there's not a team in the world watching this game that isn't going. God, I hope we don't have to contend with a, an on-form fit Ma- uh, Manu. You know, a cock and a Seager out wide with space, a Johnny May with space to run. <laughs> I just, I just think that Manu is, Manu is the most dominant, physically dominant centre when fit in the world. Well, Eddie has, you know, since, since he came on board, he's he's talked about Manu, you know, despite all his injury problems, as being, you know, he is the the all black. I can't remember what he actually said, the all black killer or the all black black the all black beater, beater or, or something, something like that. And yeah. and he's absolutely right. You know, it's the kind of guy that 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 can that can school a, a world class team. If you know it, on his day, uh, and I'm sure people will say, well, there's lots of teams who've got players who are like that, and yeah, fair enough. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about England, and we're talking about Manu Tuilagi, and he's huge, and he puts in massive hits, and he's awesome. Yeah, there's no one I'd, I would rather want, you know, or I'd want rather than Manu Tuilagi yeah. in my midfield. My English was terrible then. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't worry. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, the I wouldn't be calling. The I won't be calling on Manu after after watching his post game uh, interview. I won't be calling on Manu to uh, to do any media punditry himself. But, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. He doesn't. He doesn't have to be good um, at, at you know succinctly explaining himself. He just needs to be good at just, smashing yeah. people and breaking through gaps and doing exactly what it is that he does. Just let him play rugby. Exactly. Just let him play rugby because he does it so well. 
Awesome. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Cracking performance from the lads. Uh, let's just keep it going. Keep building, as they're saying. Keep improving. You know, if you can keep improving on performances like that, loving it, loving it, loving it. Um, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And Billy, thanks so much again to you for, for stepping up once again. And I'm sure, I'm sure it won't be the last time that we call upon your services. Um, I hope not. I hope you've in, uh, you've enjoyed being involved again. Um, and guys, I say it every week. If you get the opportunity, head over to iTunes, rate us, review us. Let us know what you think. If you've got any questions, if you've got any comments about the things that we've discussed things you've spotted that maybe we haven't um or you just want to share any rugby related stories uh reach out to us you can email us uh, englandrugbypod at gmail.com get in touch with us on social media at england rugby pod and dan and i will be back midweek to probably discuss a little bit more about this game um but look forward to the italy game and i think we're contending with the idea of some sort of a fantasy style world rugby 15 Uh, which I think just got a little more England heavy after today. We'll catch you next week. (laughs) 